Who's so. like a random musician that we could start a beef with? He's just trying to go viral. Well, if you That's all in, he's if, trying to do. No. If you live in Brooklyn, no. that could be any number of like 400 bands. It seems like everybody is. There's only 400? Yeah. It's oh, <laughs> too many to pick. It's like, it's like. I don't you know. know who am I going to. Like, rock and roll is missing feuds today. It's like, you know, everyone had a feud. And mm. I think that we're. <laughs> What's your name again? We're having a feud. What's your band called again? The Break Plans. I don't like you. Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who've traveled through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. Hey everybody, this is Doug Drescher next to my trusty compadre and uh, unofficial uh, unwork boss. This is Diane. Hey, Diane. Hey, Doug. How was your trip to the uh, Southwest as you were looking for artifacts from... Uh, <laughs> you've been gone for our podcast for a couple of days. I thought you were out exploring. Oh, always exploring. Did you get anything good? necessarily anywhere good. <laughs> All I, I want a snow globe. Hmm? I want to start collecting snow globes. Yes. yes. No, you don't want to go to Vermont, that's for sure. I've never been. I've, I went skiing in Vermont once. Four, four feet of snow. Yeah, it's too cold. Fun. Anyway, we have uh, a very well-caffeinated group of people here. <laughs> um, <laughs> we want to welcome a, a little late to the studio, but never, uh, never willing to give up. They have uh, fought the traffic the entire way from Brooklyn to Asbury Park. Four hours. Four hours. We have of, of traffic. We, I have to ask my first question. Is it the Moon City Masters or yeah. Moon City Masters? The Moon City Masters. It's very so, important to distinct, you know, have that we're, very, we're very serious about this. It's, we definitely didn't accidentally make our email moonsitymasters at gmail.com or right. moonsitymasters.com. Oh, uh, you know, but, we're very, but we, we really appreciate that, the. So we're actually like the the moon. The, so we, we want to welcome the Moon City Masters. Um, <laughs> you can say that if you want to. If you want to hit pause on the podcast and check them out. Um, let me tell you right off the bat. I'm just going to get this out now because I don't think we're going to be doing a lot of talking in a few seconds. Good. Um, if <laughs> you like the James Gang, if you like rock and roll. Pure if Prairie you League? like uh, Amy from Pure Perry League, if they're not doing that as a cover, they should. Uh, if you like denim, motorcycle boots, drinking <laughs> beer in the back of the pickup, wearing your uh, denim vest, you will like this band. Uh, we have Jordan and Taylor, Moon, the Moon City Masters. Welcome to Asbury Park Vibes. Welcome Thank you guys. so much to have us. <laughs> I love the James Gang. <laughs> How could you not? You know, if you listen to the stuff after Joe Walsh, even though there's some, I love Tommy Bolin as a guitar player. You know, I think Joe Walsh was that. Band. No, once Joe Walsh is gone, it's yeah. not the James Gang anymore. Poor Tommy yeah. Bolin. He he well, had like, a lot of shoot. He, he from Joe Walsh replacing Richie Blackmore, impossible. Yeah, early James Gang stuff. The first two stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, and 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 you have tapped in. I can't tell the difference. They're, they look it's okay. Exactly we like, answered to both names. Which one is you, the guitar player? I'm Taylor. Hey Taylor, the guitar player. I mean, I could tell that uh, 
that guitar sound is ingrained in your DNA. You mm. could hear it right off the bat. Yeah, he just he is that he his vibrato is like his talking that through a Tommy or his or no no Joe Walsh yeah. that taking oh, yeah. my time. He's like just has this quirk. It's he's, so it's good. great. He t- he talks. His playing is like his talking and singing. It's awesome. Now, it's absolutely it, it, yeah. It's an you're extension. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, are, I are mean, they, you've seen him too. How his facial expressions go along with oh, it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, he, exactly. he looks like he's had a stroke. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's so good. But you know, if the James Gang, I, I don't know if they're all alive, but I would I would spend $35 to see them play again. I think sure. they if they got back together with Joe Walsh, I would go for no, I, I, I would spend it. I think right? they did a couple bucks. reunion shows. I know they did it some like 10 years ago. I think they did something recently, though, for something. I'd see that. I mean, I wouldn't I'd go see, see the Eagles unless you had a gun to my head. And even then, I'd have to sort of debate I love the Eagles. Me too. Is, is, it's, uh, is uh, Glenn Fry's kid still in the band? No, he left. Didn't hit on well. Who cares? He left. I don't know. I anyway, mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I don't. I haven't seen what they sound like recently, and I don't know who's in the band. But the I Eagles? bet you they. But I, yeah, but I bet you they still sound freaking great. They I'm, do. I bet you they still sound freaking. Well, they got Vince. They, they got Vince Gill. Yeah. What, like, what a singer and player. Like I don't know. They're the, they're one of those bands that. Like for some reason, everybody like so many people give them freaking hate. I'm, like, I, I'm not giving them hate. I, I, I just think you're giving them hate. I just I for me drive all this way for the hate. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not hating we on like them. The I'm not hating on. Look, I'm gonna tell you honestly. <laughs> we're also, take, we're gonna have to take this out of the podcast. Also, the we're Eagles, from, also, the Eagles bag. The Eagles. No. <laughs> back, back in the day, see now I'm gonna age myself here. When I joined the Columbia Record Club and I had all the little stamps you got to pick out, mm-hmm. I bought. We, uh, I had uh, the Eagles' greatest hits. I mean, it was oh. just you had to get that blue album. Oh, yeah. I thought that was the only album they had. Um, I, think I the just find album. the Eagles to be more like Liquid Valium for me. <laughs> it's it's like it's like once it, like when you're getting away, like you're going in for surgery. They had that Dilaudid, and they give you a little shot in the IV. Uh-huh. Then all of a sudden, you're just like, man, am I the happiest person on the planet? That's like the Eagles. It's like Dilaudid before surgery. The, so the one time I had surgery, they. Like, I had lung surgery, like emergency lung procedure. His lung collapsed. Yeah, my lung collapsed. And they brought me in there, and they put me on, I think, ketamine. I think ketamine. I can't go remember. wrong with a little hallucinogenic. You can't, because something about... Because I had to keep him awake while he keeps they, his aura They, they told me, yeah, because I had to oh, get no. awake to hold this. And I, I don't know what they gave me, but I had the greatest time. And I oh, was yeah. Like, <laughs> and, I was like bel- and I was, like, belting out Led Zeppelin tunes. Absolutely. Like, I really was. And then I, I wake up, and I'm, like, literally, it's been a long time! And I'm like, I'm like coming and then to two myself. hours later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I gotta admit, it's like liquid velvet. I don't know. Well, I guess my that's my, my surgery. It man. could be. <laughs> anyway, uh, obviously we've entered into the ADHD zone, so we're gonna try to bring this back in. So who told the, you the Moon City Masters? Um, who are you? Where did you come from? Why are you in Brooklyn? What are you doing? Let's start with all the basic questions. Well. We're from outside New York City, originally Westchester County, New York. Okay. And um, does that mean you had a built-in pool? No. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but we did have a pool. It doesn't mean it, but we did. We did. <laughs> grow, we did. But, okay. but, but we don't want to be stereotyped. No, n- nothing about Westchester, <laughs> yeah. right? No. Yeah. 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 And, um, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. We. Yeah. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> we started playing music when we were 12. We saw our first concert. We saw the Red Chili Peppers. And John Frusciante is the reason I started playing guitar. Okay. <laughs> I know you think he's overrated, but... He, I didn't say he was bad. I'm no, just saying no. that there are other guitar players who do it a little bit more for me. It's a big... There's, there's a million... You could go down... You could go probably like 20 miles, find a bar, and find a guy that wails better okay. than everyone. But, but please like, the shit, I, right? What's that? Please the shit, though, but, right? I, Absolutely. I, I love, look, I cut my, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not about me. I cut my teeth on the Red Hot. I was knocked out completely unconscious when the Red Hots opened for Pearl Jam and um, who's that? Uh, what's the band you love? The Smashing Pumpkins. They oh, played I at, love them too. it was in Irving Plaza, but a guy with a steel tip poot fell out of the ceiling, oh. cracked me on the head. I was unconscious and two members of Sonic Youth were at the show and they pulled me to the back of the oh, wow. uh, audience. So look, I know from the Red Hot. That's a cool experience. I'm though. just That's saying that right. after blo- first off, Blood Sugar Magic should have been a one album, one record album, not a double album. It was a double album? Yeah. yeah. That's Stadium Arcadium. No, Blood really? Sugar Magic was a double album. I don't think it was, well, man. I'm, I'm, right. You know, I'm going to look that up. Yeah. In a I think it's Stadium Arcadium, but I... Because I, I agree with you but, on that But one. after Blood Sugar Magic, I just... I, I just couldn't follow them anymore. I, I get that, and but most most albums should not be double albums. I think yeah. I think there's some great ones like all things isn't it like a triple. All things must that's pass. That's a triple album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he waited. Like, Harrison like, waited but, ten years to produce an album, and then every yeah, album like after. That. I love that. Then every album after that is like you know it's like he just gave it all for that one album. So it's just I love George. Harrison. I, I should be that talented yeah. for one triple yeah, album exactly. But you know, so we started playing them. We've been in a million bands together. Sometimes it was just us and a drummer. Sometimes one other member, two other members. Just since we were kids, and the Moon City, we we were in a progressive rock band before the Moon City Masters, and that band broke up. And we just said, you know what? It's just time to do our thing. You know, we bands always break up because Jordan and I have a vision, and we are steadfast on it. And they have their and. We don't want to compromise. We you know, just this is the first band where we're, like, we're not going to compromise. We're going to do our thing. It's our band. We have a drummer we love, but you know we write the songs. We have a producer we love, but it was just us trying to be the band we want to hear. And you've started essentially your own label as well. Uh, no, we're just doing is it on, independent. Like Moon Records. Or no, no, that was oh, a no. joke. We oh, okay. <laughs> no, we're no, we're independent. We're independent. We're, we're you know we're independent. We're agnostic towards a record deal. If oh, the right deal comes, we're, we'd love to. But if we could also do it on your own independently, that's great I, if too. There's like, ever I, been I a would time. love to be, do what Wolfpack did. You know, do you know that band? They're Wolf. they're one of the. I think they're independent. Now I could be wrong. They're <laughs> the first and only band. That's not signed to a record label that sold out Madison Square Garden. That might be true, wow. and I would believe it. And I, you know, to me, it's like if they're capable of doing that, oh. that's the dream. You know, and your independence never happening. But if there was ever a time open. that you could do it, yeah. it between yeah. TikTok and yeah. Instagram, if you have a good manager who can help yeah. with just a piece of the finance, just got one of those, and <laughs> and just the nuts and bolts yeah. of getting on a tour. Yeah. So, is there places to play? original rock and roll music in, in New York? Is, yeah. Is, where, yeah. Where are you playing out that way? We, I know there's TVI, there's... We mostly play the Mercury Lounge. Okay. And we mostly play there. We're doing the Salton Room in June. I think we're doing Mercury again in August. But, you know, then we're also doing some, a run of shows in April with a great guitar player named Jared James Nichols. We're doing Debonair Music Hall with him. Okay. I 
think we got another show in the works that's not confirmed. But then have we're you, also have doing you Philadelphia. Through rock, uh, the Rockwood musical? Well, actually, yeah, I was going to say, there. if you want, if you're, like, I, I, I still, w- I wouldn't want to be so bold as to say that we're not in the building in our fan base part of our career we're still very much in that but when we we were really just like starting out like no one like we had no fans no music out or anything we got lots of gigs at rockwood yeah we did and, a lot of and, stage and, one. and if you go and if you do the work and you bring people uh they'll have you back and they'll and you can earn a better spot and a better spot and a better spot like, like we started well, that's off, the whole idea and, and i think offering. yeah and i mm-hmm. i think that's i think they're the best place in new york for that mm-hmm. you know to go and, and i wouldn't it, mind if the lighting was a little brighter yeah, yeah I, I, think, I, I can see that i can, I can so, see that. so we did the so there's three stages at mm-hmm. rockwood mm-hmm. so we did a lot before the pandemic we were doing stage one which is like you know it's free admission you can go, people come like in. for tips, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah. if you get 40, 50 people in there, it's packed. Yeah. yeah. It's a rush. And then after the pandemic, we've done some stage two shows there. I like Rockwood a lot, but Mercury, just like, you know, Rockwood, you do a lot of line checks, mm-hmm. and I like doing, we like having a proper sound check for the, you know, the harmonies. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great club, though. It's a lot of bands. You see Wolfpack playing stage one, and other great bands. A lot of bands cut their teeth there. Oh, no, sure. It's, it's really a great place for younger bands bands to, to get build. started and yeah. they, they don't seem to mind if it's the younger bands like first real new york gig where there's 12 people right. yeah. yeah they seem pretty That's decent important. and you were it's saying you know, and look we did a lot of midnight or like 11 o'clock on a wednesday there's no one there and then you get some more people you deliver and they reward you with better slots like jordan said you gotta you gotta put in the t- we're still like i said we're still paying our dues but you know but we just toured europe back in november and, and we're going back again in september so we we got we did dc we got a good little west we got a little good circuit going around on the east coast right right and you're always building a fan base let's and face it it's not just always. in the beginning yes. yeah you're, you're always. always i remember uh you know uh, 15 years into the foo fighters i went to see one of his shows of many that i've been to in madison square garden mm-hmm. and he's like you know who hasn't seen us yet before and a bunch of people raised their hand he's like okay you're my target demographic i gotta work <laughs> on you for this show but yeah you're always building that fan base always you know, he's, so, um, he's so cool man <laughs> he's so he's cool the best. <laughs> so, uh, have you yeah. guys uh Started cooking for the local uh, folk in your neighborhood the way he did. He he did this Dude, thing. Dude, oh, yeah, he, he does barbecue. He for, barbecued yeah. for like five hundred homeless well, people. I don't want to poison the homeless with my <laughs> cooking. Well, I certainly <laughs> hope not. <laughs> well, you know, if we're, I cook for them, we're not the best cooks. You know, a lot of New Yorkers are very big on the takeout. You're a DoorDash kind of band. I'm no. a seamless guy. Okay, so oh, well. there you but go. you know, actually, you know, when um, the pandemic <laughs> was like, we you know when we all kind of realized this thing doesn't spread as much outside, like at least the first variant. I did host a lot of. I did. Ho- I had a backyard. My shared backyard, my old apartment. We mm-hmm. did host a lot of barbecues with friends, mm-hmm. and yeah. none of them died from your cooking. N- no, you <laughs> know, like, maybe, maybe one or two. Of I maybe one I, to, maybe I undercooked a couple things, and it was not the best. But you know, it's no. better than being alone inside. No, but I would actually. But if I, I would be down to actually. It'd be, I, it'd be cool. It'd be mm-hmm. cool. I'd go help Dave Grohl. Yeah, he's, he's, he smokes. He loves to smoke, uh, use a smoker and everything. So that's what he does. He like has all the smokers lined up. Yeah, but up. that takes a long time. You really got to start early to smoke yeah, your brisket. Yeah, exactly. It's fun, though. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you got to be wealthy to do that. Oh, yeah. I'd have like about 18 smokers lined up. Yeah, yeah. he's doing all right. Mm-hmm. He's doing okay. I mean, I feel bad that he's had a, a, bit, a bit of an odd history, but he's... Yeah. I loved his movie about... Uh, uh, was that Sound City recording studio? Oh, oh that, that was 
And he's a great writer. That he's other a, one about his book that's out right now. Is amazing. I, I didn't even know he had a book writer. out. Yeah. What he has the definitely story, had some. He's definitely had some strategy with losing Taylor Hawkins and you know Nirvana how it ended. But dang, what a life he's had. He's, yeah. he's done. He's still pretty he got, young too. He got yeah. to be, yeah. He's got to be the drummer of the biggest band in the world, yeah. and he gets to be the front man of the biggest band in the yep. world. You yeah. know. And to, yeah, but you got to be careful because it could take on more of a spinal tap. So I'd worry about his next band. Who's who's the next member who's going to you know be offed by the gods as he continues his tragic life? <laughs> well, he's got. I heard he's using two for the next round. Of two shows. drummers. I think he's alternating between Matt Cameron. I read and some other guys. Is that the guy who used to play for uh, Pearl, Jam, Pearl Jam? And he's still in Pearl Jam, and he was Soundgarden's drummer. See, I thought he okay. was going to ask Rufus Taylor. That that's would, what I thought. That, is that the guy's kid? That's a uh, Queen's drummer. Oh, is he's thing. in the dark? Oh. Isn't he in the darkness? I think he's in I the dark. I think darkest. he is. Yeah, uh, but that's cool. He I've, would fit in beautifully. I saw him play with them actually in um, New the York. darkness. No, no, I saw Rufus play with the Foo Fighters. Ah, I think um, that might have been the second guy. That might have been the second. I read, maybe what I read was a. I think it was. I forgot what website I read. It might have been a rumor what I read. Yeah, I, I don't you know. know. I haven't heard anything, <laughs> but yeah. But you're always building a fan base, yeah. and yeah. I was hoping Ringo. I love Ringo. Ringo's great. <laughs> like everyone everyone bags on Ringo, but I'm like, oh, I, I, no, our I, drummer I, got the gig a lot because we asked him what drummers he liked, and the first guy he said was Ringo. Oh, there you and go. We're like, yeah, but <laughs> he is he is he's probably the best, most underrated drummer you'll meet. Yeah, oh yeah, he's know. great. I'll get some like, guitar Ringo. students that go, oh, Ringo's not that good because yeah, they, they're trying to because they're getting into like the technical stuff, they, and I'm like, well, what what do you think should be played over that song? You know what? Have them take out the drum track and tell them to play and see if they can do a better oh, job. Yeah, he's an unstu- he's an. Un- have you seen that thing going feel? around where like people have been like shitting on Meg White or something? It's like, All right. oh screw you! It sounds good. All right, like, I gotta tell it. you, She's, it sounds good. What would sound better there? Would you do you want like a I, like everyone? I, I want you to know, I was one of the first. I mean, I didn't put it on Twitter. I am not a big Meg White fan for drumming. It's just a little too simplistic to me. I think that could have. I think the white stripes could have been even bigger. That's fair, I guess. But and it's got nothing to do with her being a woman or anything like that. I think she just has a very rudimentary understanding. And if it wasn't for Jack White, they'd be the band no one ever heard of. Well, have you ever talked guitar? Lo- have you ever talked guitar lessons? I'll talk about guitar lessons with you. Okay. To me, I love the white stripes, including Meg White, because. Everybody can play their songs. Everybody can fucking and you, play. And it play doesn't matter if you're songs. eight years old or if you're eighteen. You feel like a boss. And that's not the only reason well, I love them. But I, I, but I remember being a kid and just loving this music and hearing them. And you know, I I became like a future. Like I went through a jazz snob phase. I went through the all the. But you know. It, it just sounds great. It's got vibe. The, the thing that it's the, not, and it is rudimentary. I'm not going to disagree with any yeah, of your right. points. And I'm not going to try to persuade you because if you don't like it, you don't no, like I, it. There's I, nothing I, wrong I'll admit, it. I drive faster when the music comes on. And the truth is, is that the, the melody from Seven Nation Army, you would think has been around for 100 years. Because yeah. the yeah. second you hear it, you're like, I've heard this every day of my life. That every hit song. I and if it like wasn't for them, time. what would the marching bands play when their team is exactly. on offense? It's a How many it's, kids it's have like, I made feel like a badass because I talked to... I'm not a diehard white shirt, but it's, yeah. it's really the smoke on the water of like our generation. Pretty much. Yeah. Though I got to tell yeah. you, I like the Jack White solo. I like the rock and the rock and tours. I liked his other band that he played drums in. Oh, I didn't even know he played drums in a band. See, I bet he's awesome. What happens? I went to Woodstock and now I can't remember anything. <laughs> uh, what is the name of the band? The Dead Weather. 
Oh, he yeah, plays yeah. drums in the Dead Weather. Great sounding band. But enough about everybody else. So, Let's so talk about you. You guys have. You said you oh, had yeah, a brother. Right. You have one brother. We have two, two brothers. Two brothers. And a sister. And a sister. And, okay. Two brothers. Your brothers parents and sisters, must have really so. liked each other. <laughs> so how did you two uh, get into the music? And the others? Do well, they play music too? Or? They, our brothers play as a hobby. Our brother Zach, older brother, is a guitar player and singer. Our older brother Adam plays some keyboards and sings. And he writes they're, ridiculous joke songs about everyone in the family. Good. They're, they're, they're pretty good. They're good. You know, they're really they have good voices, good range. They're just you know sane enough to not try to do this for their living. But it makes yeah. Hanukkah more enjoyable when oh, he's yeah. singing oh, the yeah. tunes. Yeah. Well, Zach, Zach pulls out the Hanukkah tune. Yeah. song. Zach's like, got pretty. Adam's got a really great range, and Zach's got this like warm. Really nice. They both got good voices. It's like a Lindsey Buckingham y kind of voice sometimes, a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Do, do they ever do backup for anything for you? Uh, not. When we jam, we do anything. a lot of three parts you know, mm-hmm. with Zach. You know, that we do a lot to, with him. He's got, because he's got a slightly lower voice than us. So it's, you know, because I'm high, higher, and he's lower. There's a lot to be said about harmonizing with family. Yeah. With oh. the way that the voices. Oh, I, sometimes uh, I, I sing like a lead on something that we're just demoing, mm-hmm. like, uh, and I'll listen back and be like, "Oh, that sounded great, Taylor." But the blending is like you you enunciate all words the same way, so you Absolutely. can do so much easier. But yeah, we we jam with them. But yeah, we're uh, our, Zach played guitar before us, and he definitely had an influence on me wanting to do it. But it was really going to see my first concert, just seeing live music because I got obsessed with. Our older brother gave us a mixed CD of like rock bands like Jimi Hendrix and Van Halen and like Clapton, Ozzy, like, like all this, like all this stuff. stuff when we were like in fourth grade. Our dad and our dad showed us stuff because he went he went to Woodstock and all that stuff. He was he, he played was in the, bands. So. He mm-hmm. was he was around in the sixties and seventies in New York City. So he and exposed you all the so, good music. Yeah, he showed oh, yeah, us that. Yeah, but Beatles, Adam got us really into mm-hmm. rock music and that got us obsessed. And then seeing live music for the first time, like, oh my god. I have to. It really was like the light. Oh, I should be. I should play music. That's cool. Yeah. Now, how old were you when you were at the Red Hot show? 11, 12. Were, were you at the show too? Yeah. Did, were you moved as religiously as he? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We just like looked at each other like. And, dude. and, and so your parents <laughs> yeah. put up with the racket you put on in the basement? They love it. Yeah. I think they liked it better than video they games. They still go to like, all, all our local shows. Are they, they working merch? No, <laughs> that'd be that'd be kind of cute though. If my mom was working, but first. she probably would if we asked her to. Yeah. She she actually would do it. Uh, <laughs> so just out of curiosity, when you were in third and fourth grade, your dad enjoys music. I'd imagine your mom must too. Otherwise, you know, she's from Texas. Lot. She liked a lot of like the kind like the so, modern country was, music. Was playing, mom, mom played was, piano though, and like when we were kids, she'd like, play, like she'd get on the piano and, play, and like read the sheet music and sing oh, lyrics like sweet. Sesame okay. Street stuff. But what what was the soundtrack of, in your house going on? What was being played that caught your attention as you were growing up? Uh, the All Beatles was the first Beatles. thing that caught my attention. Yeah. Uh, that was the first band that like was just like wow, and I remember getting one of their CDs. Um, I think it was Abbey Road. Mm. The first CD I bought was I my I bought, bought my dad my daddy gave me some money, <laughs> and I bought and I bought I bought Abbey Road, and I I think I was in first grade. I remember showing up to school with with uh, some Beatles CDs then, but it might have been younger than that. Wow, right? because I you know music. 
It was always like those things. Like you know, my dad was in bands in like the sixties, seventies. Is there any name that we might recognize? Yeah, a, maybe there was a band. He he didn't ever cut anything with them, but they went on to have a band called Dust. Okay, I don't, I don't, it's Kenny Aronson on bass. We'll Marky Ramone. Marky Ramone was on drums. But he was Mark, really, but he was Mark Bell. Yeah, before he was punk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and my dad was the singer and. I forget what Tell the, the story because we used to oh, kind of yeah, think right. he was exaggerating. Yeah, so I things, th- like he a would big talk about moment. his. He'd talk about this band and how they all like everyone in the band went on to be like a hot shot and you know, I figured like he probably was in like some kind of band, but you know, like maybe things were exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Well, I was playing bass for Mark Stein of the band Vanilla Fudge. Okay, and we were opening up for the Yardbirds. Yeah. I don't know how many original members there were, but it was the Yardbirds. <laughs> I know one of them it. got electrocuted by accident. So when it, that happened to me once before too. he died, <laughs> uh, I he wasn't there. No, and, and then uh, Kenny Aronson was on bass, and so Jordan went and introduced I, himself, and he was like, "Holy shit, you're Gary's kid!" You know, oh, that's wow. funny. And he, like, and he was just like, "Yes, you have the same big hair." He and I'm like, eh, "His is gone." <laughs> <laughs> but so hey, my future. <laughs> What did your dad end up doing for a professional living? If he uh, did... yeah, he started a company uh, that made like sweaters and blankets. Did, and does he, he feel cheated at all, or like no, he missed he, something? He, no, he quit because he, he wasn't a lifer. He, he, yeah. he, he wasn't a lifer. I, I think my dad was more of just like a really cool guy that yeah. he wanted to be the singer. Of your he band. must be loving this though. Oh, he loves it. Here, yeah, yeah well, like, we I, used to have hair down to here. Uh huh. And he was, and when we cut it, he was so against it. <laughs> oh no, yeah, so against it. But you know, he quit. He he wanted. He was just that band broke up. He left that band. He says that they were trying to sound like Led Zeppelin, and he's like, guys, I can't sing like Robert Plant, and I don't want to try. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it. That's all she wrote. Yeah. yeah you he, know? he liked it a lot, but, you know. Yeah, only good things to say. You don't, you know, you, you when you love this, you face a you lot quit. of rejection, and mm-hmm. you keep going. Mm-hmm. You keep going, because you're a Ivy, fool. But most bands, most so bands can't say that, that they get so much support from their parents. I mean. No. You know, my friends and I, when I told my dad I was going to be like a rock and roll hero, he said, that's great, but you have to move out on your 19th birthday because I'm not going to let you live in my basement. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of your life. They let me live at home for a few years after college until I figured it out how to yeah, keep the lights the on, right giving the it. guitar lessons, and we did a lot of wedding gigs, mm. and, you know, I was very, we were both very stubborn to not wanting to do anything that's not playing a guitar. Right. Yeah. Now, you said earlier about you both started this because you want to maintain your vision. What, yeah. what is your vision? Like, where, what do you see at the end of the road that you are going to just, like, lock, stock, and barrel get there? The end of the road, I, the end of the road is that I'd like to see us, uh, I'd just like to do everything we're doing now, but for more people. And make a living. And make a better living off of it. Mm-hmm. Like, a, make a really, make a solid, really, like, I don't, I don't need to be a gazillionaire, but I'd like right. to. But art, artistically, I think you kind of mean more, right? Yes. Well, that, yes. That, that, yes. yes. I, honestly, it just keep evolving. You know, I think it's not that we always, we just like a lot of the same music. We lo- both love a lot of 70s and then like early 80s rock. We both love soul music. We love a lot of progressive rock too. And I think it's really just as long as we, I don't think we have a long-term goal of what this is going to sound know, like. I know like, how to put it. I know how to put it. Okay, sure. I think I have it. Um, when, I, when we decided to be the Moon City Masters, I felt like we were going through this period where we didn't want to be, like, we were really trying hard not to be generic. We didn't know what that meant, but we didn't want to make anything that anybody had ever heard before, and we realized, okay, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, it's, we're trying so hard to be original that we're hating everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And 
there's no like a specific goal other than we need to write better songs than the last songs we did. Or we like, there's a, always a little bit of that pressure. We need to one up ourselves, but really the goal was just like, I wanted to be that band that I can't find on Spotify or I can't right. find on, it just won't come up on a YouTube search after you've been listening to like freaking grand funk and deep purple and all, all these random bands that I love that just kind of mixed the, that, um, that it's just that perfect amalgamation from my, yeah. from my perspective. I think that everybody should just write the music that they want to hear. Right. I don't think you should try too hard to be so the, the most... So that's if you reinvent the wheel, cool. But if you make yeah. a good wheel, that's so cool, too. The, the goal is... So for me, it's like just keep up, like one-upping yourself right. as artistically and just hope there's some more people and a few more dollars there. For sure. <laughs> well, you know what? One of my favorite quotes is by Steve Jobs. And what he always says is, if you want to be truly successful, don't try to do it better than everyone else. No. Try to do it different. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah. We, yeah. we just, I think creatively, it's more, are we both re- always excited about what we're making? And do we see things eye to eye? We're really lucky. And we're brothers. We fight we argue we were like four hours late i was having a breakdown and he was like freaking out being late He's like tah, tah. you know we're like freaking out at each other but it, musically we've always been so just in sync yeah. about everything we never fight about the direction and of were, our music were you always interested in that sort of that Detroit's rock sound from 69 well, to from 75. Detroit. Is he really yeah, i think it's like that. detroit rock city right to be honest we're like really into like 70s progressive for the rock stuff we're really I love like I love Grand Funk yeah but uh, but we're really into like 70s progressive rock and a lot of like the British bands like Purple Rainbow uh, yes Free you know we're really into like you know even like some of that, we're more into that stuff. Like, like it I somehow re- sounds super American, even though we're really British inspired. Yeah, but yeah. When, <laughs> like I also like I kind of got into Grand Funk. Like like it, to be really honest, like I, I liked Grand Funk before we started the band, but then like we just kept on getting all these, and I liked Boston. But then we got done getting like all these comparisons. See, to I them. don't, I don't compare you to Boston yeah, as much as I would the James Gang with that love guitar. The James I love gang that too. too. But yeah. like some, sometimes like our fan, like I would just get these like comparisons that the I like, and I was just like. Well, not what I was going for, but they're a great band, and we'll then I it. and then I dug <laughs> yeah. into and then I dug into their music a little bit more, and I was just like, "Well, well I'm really liking being compared lot, to this now." A lot of our singing <laughs> yeah, together really. is more influenced by like Coverdale and Hughes and Mark mm-hmm. 3D Purple. Like, that's a lot of like our singing influence and how we sing together and harmonize together. I think more than, even though like yeah, that's right. We, we were a little later on when we got super into Grand Funk, but we love. They're definitely a newer. Influence. Well, I have to tell you when I when I put your stuff on the on the Spotify on the way in today, mm-hmm. it jumps out of the speakers. It whoever recorded it, uh, oh, forget the fact our producer slash his brother in law. Forget Justin, the fact right. that the musicianship is excellent. You know, it's fun music. You, it's happy music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's music that I think kids of any age could like. But the recording is pristine i mean to get a distorted guitar to sound good on a car stereo is not an easy feat <laughs> you'd be very surprised where justin records us we record in a room like this table to that table. yeah like, like that yeah tiny, like, everything on the world's like shittiest drum set ever our poor drummer harry we actually style is a little bit of that sort of yeah old look we're gonna geek out for a second that's fun <laughs> 
you're playing a harmony guitar. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, you don't have a Les Paul. Made in Kalamazoo, Michigan Yeah, now. so <laughs> it seems like a lot of what you're doing is old school, bought used instruments at the hawk shop and put a band <laughs> together. But it all fits in and sounds great. You well, know? Yeah. I, thank you, Very man. You know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, I, I'm amazed what Justin can get us to sound like. <laughs> and he really got us through, you know, so many people because he lives close and we were all really cautious together so much like the stuff like taking it back and over now and everything from that on we did all that during like the dark times of the pandemic mm-hmm. and you know while we're like the, everyone's like fuck we're not gonna put out music we're not gonna gig we're done and i'm like crying i'm not gonna play a gig for this long and it's like we kind of just really focused on what we can do and we just wrote recorded and released and you know i think like we're not rock stars clearly but it's like not yet like but we (laughs) were before the pandemic we were playing for 40 people at rockwood music hall after the pandemic we're averaging like 200 people at our shows in new york city I, I guess awesome. we got to go to Europe, you know, things yeah, like tell, that. Tell us yeah, about how did that. you end up going yeah. to uh, Europe? Oh, we that got, was so awesome. We got a little buzz online. Mm-hmm. We started getting a little bit of buzz in a booking agency in Belgium called Trace Ombres, who we love. They reached out to us and they worked with a lot of cool, they worked with a lot of cool up and coming bands like The Damn Truth, Cold Stairs, if you ever heard of these bands. They're really really good bands. And um and our, we saw that our Spotify listeners were listening to a lot of those bands. So I, we reached out. He reached out to us. I don't remember who reached, he reached out to us. We had no, no, no. We reached no, out. I reached and out and he was just like, yeah. we were literally about to message. Yeah, that was oh, it. Wow. Yeah. And so we talked, and they we agreed, and we were supposed to. We went in November. We were supposed to go like first a show year was prior our, to that. Yeah, like, year, like, no, we were supposed to go in like March, yeah. but then the Omicron wave happened, and we were actually supposed to that right before we left. We were supposed to play our biggest show in New York at the Bowery Ballroom. Mm. Okay. We were going to do a co-headline there, and it was like, and then um, Omicron happened, so that got pushed to November, and it was just a great experience. Especially our shows in France and Spain were. So, well, more, way more attended than we were anticipating, and we're going back again in September. We just saw our first show. It's not we don't have to set dates yet, but we saw that we have a show in Germany September 30th today. So, so I know we'll be there. Wow. When, when you're out like that, you, obviously you're not bringing a lot of your gear. No. no. How do you make sure you get this? I mean, you have a sound, and that sound is yours. That's yeah. who you are. When you're dislocated in uh, in Europe, how do you make sure you get the gear that you need to make? Make you sound well, like you. Our our booking agency Trace Ombres, uh, they have like a lot of gear mm-hmm. and they amps, drums, amps, and they let us use that stuff. Uh, it's rented to us, and I recorded but, the guitars. All, all my guitars are on a Vox AC10, so mm-hmm. I use an AC30 live with that stuff. And uh, we also use our. We actually have been using digital effects, Line Six Helixes. And I was a year ago would have told you that is stupid, but because uh, I have some really good analog, like some good pedals, you have some sure. great fucking. Gear. I, some great gear but it's like that stuff it's it's getting so close these days well yeah and i I just play a difference for the most part yeah Yeah. well how did you guys decide who's playing bass and who's playing Uh, he like i we both got guitars and i didn't didn't even really and i wanted i saw flea and was attracted to everything flea was doing the sound of his instrument Mm -hmm. like at that show and you know i never even really understood what a bass was i was like a Kid, I loved rock music, but you know, I was just like, oh, they're all got guitars, and that guitar is kind of bigger. <laughs> and and I, I just like he really, and it wasn't like we like picked, like he just was very transfixed by Frashante and his guitar stuff. And mm-hmm. and I was tr- really into Flea and the bass stuff, but I 
we got both got guitars because we didn't understand what that was. But then the moment we we so we formed a neighborhood band with our friend Joe on drums, and we got this kid Jeff to come over and play bass. And I understood, and that's when I first like actually held a bass, and I was just like. Well, I want this. I would like literally we'd practice and then I'd play Jeff's bass mm-hmm. <laughs> like all night, all night. I'd play it until my fingers were hurt until we just decided, you know, like maybe you should like, just I feel play like bass. Jeff's holding back the band. Even though we were no. playing for a few months and couldn't <laughs> no, play yeah, anything. Yeah, we got to fire that Jeff guy. Like <laughs> So Jeff, you're <laughs> out. Jordan. Jeff, you're out. <laughs> so and you... then we we both went on a like a family vacation on like a cruise and I, I saved up a little bit of money. I had like some, and he won bingo, and we put our money together, and we <laughs> and bought, bought my first oh, bass. Because so uh, my mom and dad bought money. me a Squire guitar, and like, I didn't, make that work. And, and they're like, make that work. I'm like, okay, I guess we Just gotta get a bass. Take bro. off the top two strings. So I, I, I actually did first before I had a bass. Like I started like learning bass lines on, on my guitar. guitar, and then because I we were preparing to get me a bass and. It happened. Now, were were you like the brothers who were in the cool band in high school, and you played at the Battle of the Bands? I don't know if I'd say cool, but we did win Battle of the Bands yeah. freshman year. We were those nerds that listened to blasted Rush songs with their so friends. So, what, what yeah. songs? What what would be your senior high school Battle of the Bands set list that you would play? Whatever songs we wrote at the time. I think we probably. Do I don't know if it was. Yeah, we, all, we started writing songs. We originals was like kind of the thing. We were always like the moment I got my bass, he was like, "Okay, Jordan, I'm working on this riff." Uh-huh. It was like it was always, always that, even more than covers. Like we learned covers, but kind of like our own way. Like we never, like we never were those kids. Like growing up, like I probably do more of that as an adult than mm-hmm. I did as a kid when I was like initially learning. Just like we never, we would just listen. We didn't. It was I guess we were the last era right before YouTube, so we were just like. That sounds like that, right? Yeah, why not? Close enough. No, we were YouTube became a thing. We just were impatient and used our ears all the time. Right. And that's we just we learned so much by ear before we went to lessons. Like mm-hmm. we went really got serious into lessons when we were like fifteen. Mm-hmm. We went like we both you know from New York suburbs in New York. You have a lot of great jazz musicians there. I'm sure. Well, I yeah. say, Eventually I'm, moved to that, and that was. And yeah. I don't consider myself a jazz musician. I consider myself a rock guitar player that reluctantly took jazz guitar lessons and memorized thirty or forty percent of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, because it's but. I did it to learn more, learn about reading and theory, and just have a and bigger. And there's a certain yeah. dexterity that's required for it's, playing jazz. Yeah, jazz. it's really good to cut. It gives you a lot of those fundamentals that I think every musician needs. Yeah, and um, yeah, and I completely blinked. I completely blinked it. But yeah, we just wrote. We just didn't learn by. We didn't. We just wrote mostly, and we learned ear by ear. But we learned bullshit. We didn't learn it accurately yeah it's like once i started giving guitar lessons and doing wedding gigs and stuff like that in private parties we both did i probably learned no more covers now than i did oh, as so, a so when you yeah. did wedding gigs you did covers yeah, yeah you had to play yeah. top 40s pop tunes so and what was the one wedding song that when it finally was requested you'd rather have your teeth shaped with a jagged knife <laughs> you know like it's there's not really one it's more just like I almost like hate to say this, but it's just my experience. Like you're, you're kind of going through like a pop music time machine. Yeah. Right? Like you're starting with like Sinatra, mm-hmm. and then you're doing like Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. and you're doing even like Madonna, and all this shit like has like has like really fucking great intricate parts, really fun, and then like a lot of modern pop music just kind of blends into one thing. Yeah. Like it's like it's three chords. The bass is just like boom. Bah, bah, bah. and sometimes like you don't have to play something complicated but like I would just get like 
I'd have to. Those were the songs that I actually had to make charts of because if I didn't, your mind like, wanders. My mind, no, not just it's my just, mind wanders. So, It'd like, be like, formless. oh wait, yeah. no, no, that's not part of this song. That's the verse from this song. Yeah, it's like it they just, run into each well, other. They, that's yeah, like, yeah, you know, and that was the thing that was hard. It's like it, sometimes, like they one time, like. They like Simon like, and Garfunkel's progressive rock by today's standards. It's yeah. just it's so, it's music's gotten so simple. Yeah. It's gotten yeah. so simple. You mean like the White Stripes? No, but, <laughs> no, but like, but even that, it's like, oh, like I, I like, teach, I give guitar lessons, and leading into this, it's like, mm-hmm. so if a kid wants to learn like a, a pop song, the songs are good, but as a player, it's like. It's like the same, like a modern Maroon 5 song. It'll be the same chord progression the whole time. So the really thing that only changes a lot of it is really maybe like one bridge eventually or the, the dynamic changes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it just, it, you're just kind of, you know, because hip hop and electronic music eventually bleeds into what gets most popular bleeds into pop music. You know, in the '80s, guitar was all over pop music because Van Halen. You'd, you'd have that Van Halen type riffs over that, and which is a good thing. And there's nothing, but it was just it's just so simple musically and just more about lyrics and dynamics. And it, so when you're learning those songs, you don't know them as well. You just kind of like, damn, this is just repetitive. Mm-hmm. I almost wanted to have more of a tricky yeah. form because mm-hmm. you memorize. It's easier to memorize. Right. Like, it when you're playing more. those yeah. weddings after you've played all of those songs like 50 times or something like you you kind of just want something that keeps it interesting a little bit I like, I know. Understand oh, I, that. I'm about to sing Sir Duke and play bass at the same time at like the tempo that's like 50 times faster cool man fun I'm you sorry Diane like, I cannot <laughs> envision them wearing tuxedos I cannot at, 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 at you the ever wedding see yeah. You ever see Step Brothers? Just, like. just watch that, that one where they go to the interview in a tuxedo. When you guys bang out Hava Nagila for the bar mitzvah, Dude, that's well, kind of They asked us to sing it one time. Because like, we're Jewish. Like, so we, we, we were always singing the rock songs. We were playing bass guitar, and we were there to sing the rock songs, too. And when we first joined the wedding band, they're like, okay, you guys are going to sing the Hava Nagila. like, uh, okay, and I'm like going home, like, huh? and we come into the first rehearsal, and we didn't learn it. So it's like, guys, like, guys we can you please, can you please, say, guys, do, why do you want us to sing it? And and they're like, well, you're Jewish, and we we just they thought, thought it would be we, more we, authentic. They thought, no, they thought, they thought we'd, we'd be, be offended. offended if them as non-Jews. I'm like, no, fucking sing it, sing it. See, Diane, you're that the pass. politics of playing in a band, Hava Nagila can split people apart. Well, it, it, Dude, it doesn't. I've played Hava Nagila. We, the people requested that at the waspiest weddings. Like, no Jews in sight. People love Hava Nagila. Love the horror, man. They fucking love. It. Oh, the horror. Dude, like, it's like, you're like the ritziest, like, like, a country club well, wedding. They're like, do you know the horror? <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's fun to throw somebody on a chair dude, and carry um, them around. Yes, the you know, not, you know what do you, you're not at the table. You don't talk politics and religion. But I'm a very lazy agnostic. I don't know, don't care. You know, those are my religious views personally. Mm-hmm. So it's really funny. It's just, but even when I got married, I'm on the freaking horror. I didn't want any yeah. other religious thing, but the horror is fun. The horror is yeah, yeah. great. The only thing I said no to is I I didn't want to do the garter thing. I find that to be obnoxious. The what? Where you have to put the garter up on your wife or something. The what? On your what? The, the what? garter. The, the garter the, where you, you put know. it up on the on your uh, wife's leg and, and then it's the whole thing. I don't know what that is. I don't yeah. know that you grab that freaking chair and someone's getting yeah. in it and it's in the party. Oh my starts. god! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Uh, when I was in the chair, I accidentally need 
my wife's manager in the face. You gotta be, you gotta dude, be careful, when, dude. When we, when you're, when our, so dude, when our father-in-law, when your father-in-law and our dad and stuff were in the chair, it's when I realized that we have no athletic friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we're the most athletic people, that, that's like, a problem. Why do I feel like I'm carrying this whole thing? Well, you know, the chair thing is the Jewish equivalent of uh, crowd surfing. Oh, you're gonna <laughs> carry the weight. <laughs> Um, I had a question. I don't remember now. I have one. I don't remember anything. <laughs> so how do you guys write songs together? Like, it seems like it's just like you're almost, you know what the other is thinking. Is that, is that what it's you like? Know, I in- found out that we actually write like the Beatles. Uh, like, I, did you see? And our music's that? just as good. No, it's not. But, yeah. but, but you know, but, but, you know, um, what, what was that movie that, was it Get Back? Was it the thing, the thing with all that extra footage? So, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was in that I saw how they would just like come in and they would just like ad lib things Is that and they'd how you play. Do it? Yeah. And like and a lot of times and then I listened to another Paul interview, the thing he did with Rick Rubin, and he talked about how him and John would just like would play with each other, they'd just play and something would come up and if it was really good, they'd remember it the next day. Yeah. And that's kinda how we've done it forever. Okay. We've well, always it's, it's, we'll, I'll come in with a riff mm-hmm. or and I'll, I'll come in with a riff that goes with that. And then I'll be like, Oh, I have the, the thing that I could sing over this thing and this mm-hmm. thing. And and if it's any good, we we you know we'll record it. And if uh, but when we were younger, we used to just do it Beatles way. We didn't have a the phone. We just like remember that thing from yesterday. You don't? Oh, I guess it sucked. You know, like <laughs> oh you like oh you remember that thing? I do. Oh, I guess oh it's pretty good. You know what? I wish we still didn't have the phones because maybe I'd give up on some riffs that you don't that are less than spectacular. They're like I swear it's it good. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. you know we just like. And you know the songs always start off with just like riffs and then melodies, mm-hmm. and then we, and then a few drafts the, later, do the, do the words fall in after the words the melody? start off. By, I I just ad lib yeah. everything, and and then after well, that's a while, what Paul McCartney used to yeah. do too. If he didn't have the words, he would just sing gibberish. Yeah, I would. would I, I, well, all yeah. my words start with gibberish, but then I kind of always feel like after like, and then I just write down all the gibberish. Mm-hmm. I write it all down, and there'll be three things in there like. That could be this and this, and then by my second draft, it's like, it's like okay, I know what this is about, and then it's just like, I then I just kind of sit with him. I'm like, what do you think of this? No, that's bad. And it's like, what about something like this? Like, no, 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 that sucks. But I like this. And it's just like, <laughs> no, but, but are we anticipating? Is there like the two a.m. phone call? I have this idea. We got to work on it tomorrow. Yeah. No, that happens married. at eleven p.m. Yeah, and that's yeah. the that we're, we're we're lame. So it's eleven, 11 p.m. Yeah. Unless, unless we have a, unless we have a gig, we are not night owls. Okay, unless, but it's I like getting up at six and going to the gym. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I, but I, I have I, an important question yeah. for you since you mentioned the Beatles, and I'm going to make this as my new big band oh, question. God. Okay. Right? Oh God, I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> Both John Lennon and Paul McCartney have fallen off a boat and are drowning. Yeah. You can only save one. Well, I'm a bassist, Paul. Just because he that plays bass? Well, I, it just because, look, when it comes down to it, uh, I don't know either of them personally. One's already been dead before, so it won't be that bad for him. Well, I mean, uh, apart from the fact that he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll, he won't be surprised. And, you know, it's like... I've thought about who my favorite Beatle is. Who's that's well, obviously Paul's and, your favorite well, Beatle. No, and it, I went through a George no. phase. No, okay. But it's not obviously. It's like I went through yes, a George. Oh, well, fuck you. <laughs> uh, like I, it's like I, I went through a George phase where I was like all spiritual and like all things must pass. Was like, dude. Yeah. You know, and you ran out of and, and when I was a kid, yeah. I loved. <laughs> I hate I, well, he hated them enough, so I couldn't. And then it I, smells like a uh, I hate incense. Uh, I hate incense. Uh, 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 you know, and then. 
I went and I loved John as a kid. John mm-hmm. John sang all my favorite songs as a kid. But then as you get older, and it's just like I, I'm a I'm a bassist that sings. Paul's that, and I think he's the. And I think that you can love one of them as a songwriter better. But as close as anything is to objective, Paul's the best fucking singer in that band. He could sing anything. He certainly has the he's, voice and he's, the melody. He's right? the, he could sing anything from Elvis to Little Richard to like show tunes to, and he can do it all authentically. And then he pioneered that fucking instrument, like the, the play, all those melodic lines that he really dug but into. Not only just making, and then the he's bass. just a great songwriter as good as. Those guys are too. Not so only Paul. just making the bass into a melodic Good instrument, answer. but he also invented the way bass is recorded. The high, the very compressed. Did he? Bass. Yeah, he he. That heavy bass sound was something that well, he came you up made, with. You made a good, then so. you made. Then you're adding to my point. <laughs> I so know what, you what, are, I know what you about? Are, what are you, you looking I, at? I gotta be honest. Just, no, I want you to lie. No, <laughs> yeah, lie. Say say Ringo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, if they were both alive, it had to be like 19, late 70s, early, early, early 80s. Yeah. So I just think Paul had the, Paul has more music post-Beatles than I like. The Say that, that again Sean, into the mic so everyone can hear Paul you. has more music post-Beatles that I like than John. Yeah. I love John Lennon's first solo album. I love, like, Mother is just freaking powerful. Yeah. yeah. It is, but... I, Probably Paul, just because I like the music better. <laughs> like I, I, I think I think George and Paul started off really strong. And John Double Fantasy was a good album, but I think I think I, 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 I think George on a train listening. I think George and John started off really strong in their solo careers, but I think Paul, you know, yeah, he had some cheese moments, I guess. But I think he's just had more good post Beatles music. He just did. So if I'm, I don't know anything personally, so I'm going to... prolific, ju- right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, th- there's some stinkers, but you know what happens when you have a long career? You, you have some stinkers. Yeah. 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 No, you know, it's like... Well, they, 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 I, we well, want good for them and, to have and why the Beatles make like, them seem human and why, the Be- and why the Beatles didn't have bad songs is because they had three geniuses instead of one genius and they also had a fantastic producer who yeah, knew what was going to but they right. had fantastic producers on their albums too yeah. it's just like three great songwriters is better than one great songwriter so I think the one that could do if George made All Things Must Pass three albums, I think he, you could say he had the better, but he didn't. <laughs> I, but I yep. think, I think uh, I would say, Paul, just, oh my God, I saw him live over the su- last summer. He's, I mean, he's almost 170. He puts on a great show. <laughs> he puts on a great show. Yeah. And he's great. His band's amazing. Yeah, just Paul, because it's like... So if you had to, if you had to do one Beatles cover... Well, we did, I've got a feeling. Okay. Yeah. We, we actually recorded it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was, that was uh, actually... Um, his wife Maris's idea for us to do it. She's like, I just feel like you should do this song. I'm like, well, I got a feeling we're going to do it. Is this a Yoko kind of wife or like a cool kind of wife? If Yoko Ono does all our music videos and all our artwork and, you know... Yeah, and you know, definitely putting a wedge by like making our aesthetic way better than well, we could. Well, you mentioned on that your wife has a manager. What does she do? That she, she needs is a an manager? artist, a director, and she's an artist director. And she does uh, makes a lot of movies and puts them on TikTok. And she's really? done commercials. She's Can on you music mention videos. her name so we know Maris Jones. Yeah, and uh, she just did a music video for really good artists on Interscope named Allison Pontier. Okay, well, yeah, I'll she, for that. she's more successful than me. Why didn't you bring her? She may have been more interesting. Than she, you. she has better. She's, <laughs> she's, she's, she's 
got, just, just, you guys go I do think your little thing. She's, she's, got, she's got better things to do than follow, than follow Jordan and I. Play, but play be rock in the tunnel for four hours. Yeah. Yeah. But she understands why you do what you do. Well, yeah. you know, my brother-in-law is her, is, his, is her sister's husband, and he's our producer. Hold on a second. And he's, yeah, I know. I'm going to follow on that, too. <laughs> so our brother, my brother-in-law, Justin, is also... Is, um, is married to her, her sister mm-hmm. and yeah is is this arranged in the old school they were they together over? so he's a musician like he was he was a broadway musical director he's spent oh, like, for heading the, and he's also toured a lot in his own bands are you able to use some of these connections to get yourself a little leg up or door foot we got door? justin to produce us yeah and uh you know well, that was you know, and, and we're, we're doing some sideman stuff with him on some other projects but you know um he yeah he's just you know her dad is a was a gigging jazz guitar player for most of her childhood. She's like, get in the van. She, she knows what it's in, all about. Yeah, she knows what it's yeah, about. And that's uh, so important. You know, if you're gonna get married young, you know, it's you got to have someone that supports what you want to do. Sure. Uh, we support each other. She's just, yeah, she we're just we're a team. She believes in what we do, and that's you know, wonderful. She wants me to tour. She knows she'd rather me be happy than home all the time and moping. Not, and, yeah, right, right. yeah. She also didn't get mad when we got really drunk and sang "Thunderstruck" on an, on a mic at his wedding <laughs> <laughs> on the dance floor. It we was, were literally passing them. It was later in the evening, so some of the wealthier guests no, had left. She does she does all her artwork, and she's it's right, a, now it's speaking a of artwork. So here's my idea for them. Tell me. I see mm-hmm. a comic book similar to Masters of the Universe. Yes. Right? Power yes. of Grayskull. And, and because when you see their artwork, it has that, it has like, that 1970s quality. comic it book. It does. So I see a series of comic books where uh, the Moon City Masters are, like, maybe, like, someone's kidnapped, <laughs> and, and they have to save that person. And, By and, writing the right song. Yeah, something yes. like that. And, like and then they celebrate, the, and they have like this, this big This dude concert. we went to college with, he was an <laughs> awesome artist, and I haven't talked to him in so long. He's a really cool guy. His name is Jeremy Ruiz. Mm-hmm. You hear me, Jeremy. <laughs> Wherever you are. He's been stalking Jeremy you. Jeremy came up with some... Getting, I, don't away he, from I don't know if he <laughs> ever started making it, but he came up with an idea. Like, he wanted to make a comic where hit me and, it starts with, like, hit me and him just decided we can't live near each other. We just, like, hate each other. And moving across these different parts of the country. And the whole thing is about us trying to get back together to, with each other because our, 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 our hair is falling out. Our vocal range is, like, diminishing. <laughs> yeah. like, it's our, like, our like the distance power. is, like, kryptonite. Really yeah. But I see a series of comic books featuring you guys as the band as yeah. like this ongoing running theme with your audience. I love that idea. If you, if anyone who wants to make comic books, that would uh, be really you cool. know, just hit us up. Let's let's see what we can do. We'll split it 70-30. You get 30. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe we didn't even ask about their name. How did you come up with your name? Is there significance Our to it or did it just older come to brother, you? We, there was a plant that's legal in a lot of states involved. And, <laughs> and uh, it, is it legal here? I don't remember. Yes, it, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. Cool. Okay, well, I'll be back in a bit. Okay. So, uh, it's open so, till 10. Okay. <laughs> and so we were, we were hanging out, and he just goes... And we were going to just be, because we were done with the name. We were like, we're not going to be able to be Jordan and Taylor. We, like, we, were, we were putting like song. We did. We were between bands and like, okay, we have to like still try to get ourselves out there. So we just like, just use our name. We're, we just made a Facebook page and we wrote Jordan and Taylor on it. And like, we were getting a good amount of traction from just singing covers. But, but we decided we needed to be a band. Mm-hmm. He says, and he's like, You've had terrible names. That you've had only terrible band names. We had some terrible band names. Right, and he goes, he goes, you guys, you guys are like these twins that sing high and shred. You're the Moon City Masters. 
It just works. came out. And, like, it was just like, his, just like imagine this: like you're there's like some people and they see a sign at this. Like oh, the, the Moon City Masters, but that's all part of the yeah. comic book. Yeah. That, yeah, like the Moon City yeah. Masters logo is shown up into the yeah. sky when they need a rock <laughs> yeah. band to come stop. <laughs> and then, and then when, <laughs> when we when we were not with that plant. They, we found out it was it, the initials. We realized the initials were Man Crush Monday. Well, first of all, we found out that we can legally be the Moon City Masters. That's the main reason we chose the name. Okay. You got to copyright That's important. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. I've seen a lot of, I'm not going to name any bands, Yeah. but I've known people that started bands and didn't give two shits that like someone who put out an album in like 2000, it was like, you may think they won't care, but you might, if you get I successful. You, there is a band in India called Moon City. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we Moon City. Up, but you can't, but they're not the Moon City Masters. No, because they you're just the reside, Masters. They just you reside are in my city. The universe. Yes, you're they, the Masters. They, they the rent from me. That's right. <laughs> Power of Grayskull! <laughs> see, and I even see this as like 60-second TikTok. We're like, they're rehearsing. Mm-hmm. The, the phone rings. The MCM phone rings. <laughs> they answer it, and they're like... She has a million you know, followers on TikTok. She'll get me. Signal! It's like, did your kids... What was that? You should kid, have Zachy work on What this. was that kid yeah. show where the the uh, guinea pig and the and and uh, the the they, they're pets that solve crime? Oh, um, god damn! Oh, we'll I never remember that. Anyway, yeah, I uh, so I yeah. see I the MCM about. phone. Yeah, and when it lights up, <laughs> yeah. you'll be in the middle of rehearsal and it, it, with a and, beautiful and it, cord that's yeah, attached yeah. to the wall, and, and it has to be a Rainbow. rotary phone, right? It has to be an old phone, <laughs> and then you have to stop your rehearsal and be like, guys. Stop playing. We have a Moon City Masters problem. And then, like, the music Wait, starts. Are you like, we have a Moon City mission. <laughs> yeah, I see it. You could also replace Michael and Bruce Buffer when they retire. <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble. There you go. That's <laughs> perfect. <In this> corner <laughs> getting progressively more annoyed at his brother. He plays a heritage guitar. <laughs> Uh, from Brooklyn, New York, Taylor Steinberg! Uh, this reverb is <laughs> fantastic. It's a very bright room. It's fantastic. Uh, well, it's really great. Diane, we've, yes. we've spent a better part of an hour, and I could tell you I know very little more about the band than we started, but I've had a great time Wait, so it's far. It's been an hour? Well, ask us anything. Wait, has this been an hour? We've, we're close to an hour. Okay, well, it's all day. 15 minutes? Look, look, we just got here. Ask some more questions <laughs> right talk. now. Well, we want you to do a couple of tunes as we well. We do. So. Well, actually, we're better we go at this, this than we are. Guys, no. I promise you, we're so, we're very deep and very good. <laughs> Is there no, new more more new music on the horizon. Oh, yeah. We just tracked drums for three new songs yesterday. All right. Yeah, we're gonna we're doing at least an EP. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. And and you're in the process. Like, what is your anticipated release of that? Oh, God. Or is that still I think we're gonna get we'll get the music recorded. Bring it to our manager and just talk about a plan. Mm-hmm. And probably before September or definitely around, before or like September. around then in the latest because we're going. We're, I assume that. And I want it to be. I would like to tell you ASAP, but I yeah. want. But with oh. music, because we were doing a lot of singles, and I really just want to be smart with this release and try to get the most mileage out of it. Especially after the pandemic, when you yeah. couldn't really milk it. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, like we were just doing singles like so long, and it, like I, I part of me loves singles, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I would personally like to do like release this next batch of tunes as like minimum an EP. Mm-hmm. 
Minimum, like maybe you know. Now, are, but are you looking to do that so that way there's some cohesion between the songs? Yeah, because yeah. I felt like a lot of what people kept on like, asking us, like, "When are you going to do an album?" Which is why we released like that compilation of all of our singles, the the adventures. Uh, sorry, the famous Moon City Masters. <laughs> um, because to us, people would just be like, "When are you going to do albums?" Like er, all these singles put together, they're an album because they mm-hmm. were, a lot of these were written around the same time. They were like they felt like. That felt like one era. Mm-hmm. That felt like an album. So I, I would kind of like to show that from the beginning. But the, but the, the music industry has changed yeah. in that when you had to buy music on yeah. an album, like yeah. I bought vinyl, t- for a band to get all their music out, they had to do it as yeah. an album because they couldn't release, say, 15 mm-hmm. singles. Mm-hmm. But with Spotify and TikTok, it seems that if you could just continually release singles that keeps your audience wanting more yeah you don't necessarily have to do the whole album as long as you're still updating your content yeah, yeah. there's something I, to be said I, for putting it together though i like the idea yeah. of I, we'll probably like put them out a few of them out as singles and then, and then release put them, all, like the first three and then have the two have we'll, like a, we'll do a hybrid of that strategy because it's like but I think we want people to know these songs go together. together. And, and you know, like, there's been enough fan demand, I feel like. I, I feel like it, to a certain extent, we're just kind of responding to what our fans have wanted. Well, like, there's they, a lot of they, stuff they, they do with merch, too, yeah. like in real, reference to an album, you yeah. know? Yeah. Merch Which behind, uh, matters a lot when you're in tour. Yes, you got to sell merch. Absolutely. Well, if you want to eat and pay for gas, yeah. Yeah, or you don't want to end the tour Eating. going broke. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it matters a lot. So new music, we're writing all the time, and this is actually the longest stretch that we haven't put out music in a while, so it's really feeling feels like, really good that we're, like, that we started yesterday. Like, we both have been, like, really, like, dying to get to, get to it. Yeah, we're get antsy. new things, because we're, we're yeah. already writing more songs. Mm-hmm. We're, you know. Trying we're, to keep up. Well, now, is the sound any different? Are you trying anything different that you haven't done on your initial batch I think, of songs? I think so. Like, how would you, do you, would you have a way that you feel like you could explain I it? think. A lot of our songs are a little faster and high energy. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a little bit more like variation in like just tempo. Mm-hmm. Like we got a real slow one, like like just like we don't have anything that slow, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's really I think there's a lot of our songs that they're either like really straight ahead rock and some get really funky and there's we have a few that kind of really marry the two together to me that's like what the moon city masters is about is like rock with a funky groove mm-hmm. yeah. and i feel like these songs really bring it together like like taking it back i always call that song our theme song because it really marries our the two real Love major elements of our song yeah. of our of our music three actually three yeah. rocky funky harmony yeah harmony mm-hmm. and i really feel like this music really doesn't sound like taking it back because there's only you're not going to copy songs like you know but it's really it gives you that element but yeah i, I think it's it's, it's hard to c- explain i don't know if there's like any specific you just keep going yeah. and, and yeah. you you'll never i don't believe you ever make the same thing twice oh for no but, absolutely as, a, not. but as a three-piece there's there's a lot of work to make that sound that full yeah, mm-hmm, right? and I always listen I to always, a lot of Rush. I always, <laughs> yeah, I, actually, yeah, I, I'd say that listening to Rush is a very good thing. They they made a lot of music, three guys, and I I think that like when I'm playing bass, uh, I'm just always trying to. I'm not necessarily ever like sometimes I play really simple things. Sometimes I play stuff that gets a little more complicated. But I always feel like I'm trying to play. There is a technique to when you're playing in a big band. 
And when you know you're playing in a power trio, mm-hmm. you just end up making more music. I play, like, when we're, like, a side man or we're playing for someone else, you know, you tone it down. You play less because there's more people in the band. When you're three people, you got to play there's a little a lot busier. Of, there's a lot make of space some, to take up there. Yeah, yeah. you got to. So mm-hmm. a lot of our sound comes from trying to make, because it was really always just the two of us. So a lot of our sound comes from... Uh, and the way we play is just trying to fill it out with just the two of us, and just then we trying gotta... to create a lot of music. Yeah. Now, do you play with backing tracks, or do you no. have the little nope. foot synth on the floor? No, no but like that? that'd be really cool if I could do some if do a foot synth. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do Rush, that's that's. I mean, that they all have. We that. love Rush, but we're not we that can't good. do Rush. <laughs> no, not do Rush, but I mean, that's the yeah. part of the way they round out. Yeah, I, I I dabble on the keyboards, and maybe one day I'll bring it out live. But I always tell myself, this is the year I'm going to get serious about practicing piano and then it doesn't happen <laughs> yeah i you know no i'm trying to start i'm starting to sp- experiment with more getting a stereo kind of guitar sound okay. that's gonna help you're always trying to figure out how to fill it out more but yeah no backing tracks you know i understand some people do that that's cool yeah we're it's, not throwing any shade yeah everyone's like like i said it's like you can't really i don't give people shade like you know electronic music's well, huge now it's like it's cool. gonna bleed into things you yeah. can't help that other types of music bleed into your music you know i'm not a I'm not, we're, we don't do it like that but also, we understand that you you got to just get your music out and yeah. whatever you have to do to get your music to sound like how you hear it just do it yeah. is it hard for you to get the sound you created in the studio on stage we don't really try to do that it's a little like, I, I don't that's not like a goal you know like when you listen to zeppelin like early 70s zeppelin it's you know they have like a zillion guitars on those recordings we always yeah. have like t- some extra guitar it's a little heavier and a little more raw live mm-hmm. it still fills it out we've heard from people oh you guys sound exactly the same live i think we're a little heavier and a little more raw live okay but yeah but the energy and yeah, I, well, to me it's the like, energy and the improvisation i think makes like, up for that sure you i know? mean people like, go to see you live because they want it to be i think yeah. a little bit different that's yeah. that's exactly right? my point you know like before when on europe like my the thing i was most excited about touring europe is that it was our first opportunity to do long sets like hour and a half like 75 to 90 minute sets and because like you're always like opening act, you're like, like thirty freaking minutes. You got to cram all your shit in. Or a club fast. gig in New York club, is like an and, hour at best. And, and, right. yeah. and to me, the the tradition of music, like even though I never would call myself a jazz musician, I wouldn't even call myself a blues musician. I'd say I'm a rock musician, even though I love jazz, I love blues. The school that I come from is about improvisation. That was always the biggest thing. It was always about writing riffs. It was always about, and I feel like we got to really bring that live and. To me, it's like I want our songs to sound like I. To me, it's like I, I, I love Rush, but I probably have seen them as much as I ne- ever need to see them because it's like they're playing everything note for note like the record. Well, I, I, I think you know, the, like, the thing about your band as a rock band, as a spectator, mm-hmm. when you hit a groove and everybody's dancing. Mm-hmm. You're going to pick up on that, and you're going to extend that groove, yeah. and maybe take a a longer solo yeah. or let you know just let yeah. it simmer the, for a while. There needs so to people be space to it. interact with each other, yeah. interact with the audience, feed, create spontaneity. Something that's special for that show, right? Yeah, and, and, and like, I would suspect that no live, yeah. no two live shows are ever exactly yeah, the same I, for you. And, no, 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 I don't want to jam. I don't want to do a thirty-minute bass solo. But like, <laughs> you know, he'll do but, a three-minute one though. But like, <laughs> you know. To me, that's what I was most excited about and, and, and I'm very happy about because 
the tour is I think that every show needs to have something spontaneous, something that makes it special to that show. If we're just going in and you're hearing us do the same set list that you heard us do this the night before, you wanted to like follow us a little bit, come to a few shows. What would make you want to go to the third one if it's the same? Or if we or if we sound just like the record, you could stay home and listen. I feel like the only yeah. people that want to go see a band and it sounds just like the record, it's like you got to be some kind of music dork. It's like. Did they nail it? <laughs> they didn't nail it. Oh, Mr. Nope. Mr. Nope. Well, it's like, it, it's kind of like, you know, we're in the era, and I'm sorry yeah. if we're going along, but it's like, we're in, the, we're, we're in the era of YouTube now. When a band goes on tour, people are like, oh, let me see what they're playing this year, oh, this to this tour. Oh, I don't like the set list. I'm not going to go to this one. So it's like, mix it up with your songs, mm-hmm. too. That's one thing you could do. And then also, you got you to gotta have some places where we improvise. Because, you know, I am someone in the, in the studio. I like to have them. I, I look at, I have... The solos on the studio, I'm with the Brian May approach. That's part of the song. So I'll do a lot of those solos, but I want some places where I stretch it out. Yeah. Like, we also grew up playing a lot yeah. of fusion music. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I really want... Well, well you along those like, lines, yeah. have you recovered from the death of Jeff Beck? Yeah. I was sad for many yeah. days. When that Jeff was, that was, stopped. that and Eddie Van I don't usually, as much as I respect and love a lot of musicians and artists i don't typically get emotional about celebrities i don't know jeff beck and van halen were very emotional for me that was i did not know jeff beck was ill neither did he i saw (laughs) i saw jeff beck right before the pandemic he was did a show with paul rogers oh that must have been nice yeah that was and he had a great he had a great singer named jim hall jimmy hall He's a great singer. And he did a lot of his fusion stuff with Vinnie Collier, but he also would have this guy has great blues rock voice. And and it was unbelievable. It's I can't beat Jeff. I can't do what he does. I wish that I saw him when Tal was in the band. Like she's Tal a was, fantastic. Oh, bass she's player so too. fucking good. Yeah, our, she, she started when she was like twelve. Yeah, she was our, already on stage. Our Whoa. friend Susie yeah. Jones. You know, you know, it's you know, scary pockets. That whole thing. No. they do like these like really sick like R and B funk covers of stuff. She did one, and Tal Winkafell was the bass player, and it is. Rhonda Smith is a badass too. I'm not. But yeah, gonna the, oh, she, everyone who's played with Jeff if, Beck is a badass. If you play with Jeff Beck, you're <laughs> yeah. you're instantly at badass status. And yeah, he's he's incredible. He's one of the best. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, and, I was, uh, I was very you know, what I did you know what I did to help me nurse my pain. I played bass to a lot of Jeff Beck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we jam on like, we jam on lead boots a lot at our actually at our band practices. That's a good tune. Yeah, yeah. I love Wired and Blow by Blow, but I also just love his stuff like Truth. I've always maintained, much to the anger of my friends, <laughs> that I think the Yardbirds with Jeff Beck were more important to band than the Rolling Stones. It's just that the Stones had a longevity. People like you need to exist. There needs to be that guy. Well, I'm a contrarian. There needs to be that guy. If you look at the three guitar players that... Not their music, but like the Yardbirds music, but just it was the starting place for those three guitar players that all in their own way reshaped music and guitar. You you can argue that it's a if you put it like that, it's a valid argument. I think it's a fair argument. You know, Jeff Beck. Yeah, he just it's so cool. He's a he was he died a better guitar player than he was in the peak of his career. Yeah, he got better yeah, every got year. Better. It's stunning. Yeah. The only issue I had with him towards the end of his life, he's very hard to look at. What? Aren't we all? No, because... And I'll tell you this. McCartney had the same problem for a while. Ringo does. Oh, because he dyed his hair? They dye their hair jet black. Yeah, and I, so actually, I you, actually have to say I agree with that. If you squint, it looks okay. But if you look closely on the YouTube, you're like, 
That guy's 75 and he's got jet black hair. There's something really he, creepy. Well, what about him. Stevie Nicks when she played in uh, See Here Now last year? Her hair, or still, her hair is like, you know. I, I got to say, but okay, she's but always been a blonde, so if she went gray, it wouldn't look that different. No, it's you know, no, it actually, look, it would actually, look, it's a wig? It has to be. Well, if well, it was gray, it would look good too. Well, yeah, okay, well, we all too. know, you know, the thing about it, the, the gray hair thing, it's like, it's just always when they. Black when, looks when they, shittier though. When they, like Jimmy Page in the 90s and early 2000s, he was dyeing his hair black. In the moment, when he let it go gray, it just looks. He looked so he good. Looked like a guy. He looks so. He looks good with the gray hair. Now Steve Lukather, he let his hair go gray and like. But even it, McCartney has. This and it looks. It looks better. It looks better. <laughs> no, I don't. McCartney's think it's hair looks normal. No, no, he older, doesn't look like he's wearing a fright. If, if you're older, if you're older, if you're an older uh, person uh, listening, from my perspective, you shouldn't try to look young. You won't look young. You'll look like an old person trying to look young. Just try to look the best at your age that you can. Don't dye your hair. Well, I get it. Ageism, it. ageism, especially in the entertainment industry, is a real Dude, thing. Yeah, it's like just thing. have your real hair. Okay, but yeah, he doesn't need it. He didn't need. But you know, he went on, sprayed it. Laughed at you and then shredded. Jeff Beck could have. Then he took a great selection. Jeff Beck could have wore. Jeff Beck could have gone on stage in his pajamas and I, still like. He's just too cool, no matter. But you know what's cool about it? He, he's in his seventies and he's like he went on stage shirtless. What a boss! I also yeah. like that he was like a fusion yeah. cat and he looked like a rock and roll badass. Yeah, he but when like, he, he would wear those sleeveless shirts and you'd see his like the bus driver flab on his arm. You know what? I wish really put me off. You know he what? I'm not those flabby bus driver. He made beautiful music. Okay, okay. <laughs> I work. I work out, and I try to keep in solid shape. I have never been confident enough to go on stage with not anything like close to my shirt off. No, okay? I'm so, a, I'm a fat good on sedentary him. bastard. I've not I, shown anybody my armpits. I only played on stage with my shirt off once, and it was too many beers, and it was in Long Island, and no one will see. <laughs> you know, you know, but it's like, so you know, if you if you can only, you know, Should I think a video of that. I think all of it is just. Ah, I think I think all of it is just owning yourself, owning whatever you For are. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And so with, with that if I said, could be that talented, if I could have Jeff Beck's talent for five days, right. it's all I want. All you want? That's all I need. I'd be perfectly happy. No. That's, that's, that's right Because after I go back to being as talented as I am from being as talented, I'd be pissed. I'd never play guitar again. <laughs> but believe me, there's many times where I've put the guitar back in the case and said, I'm never going to sound like that. It's, I'm done. I give up on a lot of things and then pick up on them again two weeks later when I get bored with myself. I get mad. I like if something really like you know you, you think something's gonna work out in music and like you, like a music industry thing and you think you're gonna get to this big opportunity and then it falls through. You get really sad and then an hour later I'm like picking up the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I yeah. have to ask, how did you end up with such a cool interview for Guitar Magazine that's online? Oh, Guitar.com. Yeah. Well, uh, the guys at. Harmony actually hooked me up with hooked me up with them. That are was they, are they shooting you some free gear at least? I I did the Harmony Rebel was was a present. Okay, I, everything and yeah, that was a present. And they and uh, they've been very kind to me. And that's they, nice. They did uh, they did we've done some videos with them. They've been very supportive. They share our stuff on social media. That's periodically. fantastic. And they got you. The, I mean, he's got like the. You would think he's like an old rock soul talking you, you about should, his you, gear. You should check out uh, some of the new har- like. They're I'm amazing. not trying to do a product plug. I, I don't even play fucking guitar. You know when they? I met <laughs> them. Like, at, I met them at Nam Instruments. I met really them at Nam right before COVID happened, and they're just great people. You know, I got to tell you, I the new management I didn't is know really that they were incredible. Still making guitars. The, 
They're owned by a band lab now who does the mono cases. They also bought Heritage. So it's really? all one company now. Being, and so the, the harmonies and the Heritage guitars, because I know this because he invited me over. We, did a, we were supposed to go, but then uh, our tour got sh- or with Joyous Wolf got shut down. So we did a virtual tour with them. Mm-hmm. And am I telling this? Am I am I remembering this right? Correctly? Yeah, no yeah. one's gonna know. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're <laughs> just we'll believe you. They're just and it, it's made all in the old Gibson factory. All the new harmonies are made and in the, the old Kalamazoo. Yeah, right? Kalamazoo. So they're a great company. They, I think, for the harmonies, they're the best guitar in that. It's not. I'm not gonna say cheap, but that twelve hundred dollar price range, which in guitar is like a good, a good twelve to fifteen hundred, which, which is a good yeah. guitar. I think there should a, be one that's good hardware, good pickups. Well, like, I you know, when I first gold, saw the pictures yeah. of your guitar, I thought you. This is total geek. I thought you were playing the new Yamaha Revstar. Those are great the P90s. too. Oh, I love P90s. These have gold foil humbuckers, mm-hmm. and I consider them the best humbucker for. A humbucker player that wants a single coil, but a student sure. secure to play single coils. No, it's a little buzzy. <laughs> no, no, it's or it's just like they're vi- single coils are very honest pickups. You know, playing a strat. You know, you know they're very they don't always high up, but it's a great chimey pick. Mm-hmm. I, I mostly play. Uh, I was playing a lot lately. I've been playing my Heritage Five Thirty Five, which is like there. It's kind of like a th- uh, th- uh, ES Three Thirty Five style mm-hmm. guitar, and that guitar is also incredible. My harmony, I did. Most of our recordings from like taking it back on mm-hmm. were on that harmony. It's just I love it live, but especially love it in the studio. No, it's a gorgeous looking guitar. But if you if you squint a little bit, you wouldn't know it was a harmony, right? Yeah, no. When I first saw them at Nam, because you know I didn't realize harmony was. A, I'm like, you mean those shitty acoustics from your parents' basement in the '70s? And then I saw this they this this company Band Lab they. They took over the. They bought it and they just took the designs and made them way better. I really think if these said Gibson or Fender, they could sell these for two thousand dollars plus. Probably, but yeah, they're you know, really because they're, they're such cool. Like the serial numbers are also like like drawn on with like a marker in the it's back. Cool. Like it's just cool. It kind of gives it like, it's like a piece of art almost. Yeah, you know, like I, sorry, I love them. Not trying to do a shameless plug. I promise you, they don't pay us. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't have an endorsement deal. I don't have a contract. They were kind to give me a guitar. I think that's look. That's pretty cool of them yeah. to shoot you a twelve hundred dollar guitar. Yeah, I don't have any thing with them I, they're just I, I call myself a friend it's like a friend with benefits yeah. <laughs> for guitar players you know now just real quick and, and, and then I'm going to stop talking for yeah. a while uh, what's on your pedal board whoa okay well I've been using since the summer a Line 6 Helix okay and but I was not before I, you went to the dark. So side. I was going to say I, I was against that. I thought you know I had a lot of friends that play they metal. Sound fantastic. I have God. I have a lot of friends that play metal and sh- like that kind of stuff that were like gotta get the Kemper and the Helix. I'm like that's good for metal, but I like more like vintagey tones. And then I heard some guitar players like a Rev Star player, Mateus. Was like what? He's this this um no uh, oh yeah oh, what's his name again? Mateus no, Are you no, about- no what's his name? The guitar pl- the fusion guy who plays his fingers and the Chris Buck. Okay. It's like and I heard them and they used helixes a lot too. I don't have any problem with. And it. I was blown away. And so one of my main pedals is an analog man king of tone. Okay, that's one of my main. That's that's a holy grail distortion overdrive pedal. And I heard the helixes copy of it, and I was like. It's close. It's really close. Oh, I would close. maintain that in a small club, yeah. most people aren't going to know the difference if you spent four grand on a Klon yeah. or yeah. you're just using... And I use a Klon clone too, an yeah. Archer. I use that in a, for my real pedals. Is that JHS I, Archer? Yeah, I use a JHS Archer. I use, a, I, I'm I, sorry, I use an Analog Man King of Tone. Mm-hmm. I have just a Nano Clone Chorus, 
I have a TC Electronic flashback for my delay. Okay. Really basic stuff. And then I just kind of use the Helix's takes on all those things now. But you could buy plugins for the Helix to mimic some of those floor pedals? You, you, they come in. They're just called, like, the Centaur. Okay. The, the, you know, the, the, what are they called? The King of Tone one. Sounded great. They just he, sound- on our last gig in Europe when we were in Belgium, he played, he, he like, just plugged it into the PA. And it was oh, like, sure. It actually was his best tone. And you know what? I plugged <laughs> it into the PA. I have everyone come in. I'm like, what do you think of this amp sound? Like, sounds great. Not an amp. Because I had the amp on, but yeah. pretend to be plugged into it. Oh, they knew that you were... Uh, they had no idea. They yeah. thought I was playing on the real amp. Yeah, oh, I'm wow. saying most... The, the thing that most young bands don't know is that when they make a mistake on stage, most of the audience don't know. No. And they no. have to be able to recover from that quickly and not, like, have a hissy fit on stage. And the truth is, is that, you know, for most people, my $2,200 American handmade Strat... For most people, it's going to sound exactly like my eleven hundred dollar Mexican Strat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I had a Fender American Strat when I was younger, and I had a guitar scene coming with a Mexican Strat. I like this Mexican Strat better. Well, <laughs> just, sometimes you just don't know. You're like sometimes it's just that's the right one. I, I admit I have a, an elitist attitude towards. Those kinds of things. Oh, oh, I do too. I, I I like some nice guitars. I used to be a before I got into the heritage guitars and the harmonies. I was a vintage freak, yeah. and then I played these guitars, and I was like, I I I, I don't a, need the I'm vintage a bass dork. I have a you now. You said you played the P bass. Well, it's it, it's a P bass, but that was built. Do you know Spectre basses? Of course. They, they built. Uh, they they also build really great Fender style instruments. Oh, too. I'm sure. Yeah. So they built me. Uh, I. I had them build, like custom build me a P bass. Uh, you'll, you'll see it actually. It's uh, it's called their, it's called the Coda. It has like a P body J neck, and I actually kind of built it thinking about like, what if like I just bought a bunch of parts from like the seventies, and what would I want it to be like? And so I put like, I'm gonna, I actually want to change. I have Demarzios in it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, as a jazz bass kind Hold of Hold on a second. Those are the pickups, Diane. Yeah, I'm learning. Okay, <laughs> it's just it's basically it's got an ash body like a seventies P bass and. Plays like a fucking dream. Oh, I'm I sure played it, it does. all over Europe. I also have um, I have a '78 Music Master bass that I modded. Is the that fuck. a four string? Yeah, and I, okay. modded, I modded the hell out of it and put like two uh, like '50s like single coil P pickups in it. Okay, and, have, it go, and you could go switch with series and parallel. And I have a fretless P bass from ESP from like their custom shop they had in New York. From Do you like playing the fretless or are you worried about being off a little bit? Because well, I'm always worried about being <laughs> off a little bit, but the way I deal with it is just play it. Uh, I've played it a few gigs. I've played it live. And, you know, you can practice in your... I have a six-string. basses are so sweet sounding. They're They're, they're great. And, you know, and I've just been finding that, like, you know, I've done a lot of shedding with it. But at a certain point, like, you have to just go play it live. Yeah. And you have to not worry too much if you hit a few. You can practice in your bedroom all you want. The real way to get good at playing anything live is to play it live. I I got a six-string because I was a... I, I love. I think Oteil Burbridge is just so great. And, and what band is? This uh, he's in Allman Brothers, uh, Dead okay. Company. He's so dope. And I just listened to him talk about like, even if you don't want to be a six string player, it's good to practice on it because all the chords and stuff. And I, I've been really into it. And I actually played it at rehearsal the other day. I'm like, huh. It's harder when you're not in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I think you could say that about a lot of things. <laughs> I want to hear you guys play. I do oh, let's too. Do and I really have to use the bathroom. So <laughs> we're going to pause here for a minute. And when we come back, we're going to hear the Moon City Masters. It's good Woo! stuff. Thanks, guys. Let's do it. Let's Let's just- want- 
Okay, which one is it, Taylor? You this one's me. called Taking It Back. You count it off. <laughs> one, two, three, four. I'm hearing a little um, Stevie Wonder in there, that bass oh walk God. in there. I fucking love Stevie Wonder. Not that was good. Uh, right Can't there. I don't. No, it, the influence is great. Uh, you, I'm yeah, sure you do. There's people who are watching. That song's called Taking It Back. Taking It Back by? The Moon City Masters. MCM. 
Uh, they have another us. one for us, sir, Diane? Yeah. Yeah, this one's a little bit of a more ballady slow. I guess it's not a bad. It's a little slower. This is called Where You Want to Run To. Yeah, it's about, it's a sci-fi love story. <laughs> well, not really a story. Sci-fi love song. Yeah. There you go. Anyway. You know the lyrics. Yeah, anyway, here we go. One, two, three, go.
a little shredding. We're good. And I think, I bet you they can bang out one more for us. And Tell then, uh, everybody you know. <laughs> oh, well, we didn't play that third one. What do you want to do, Jordan? What do you, let's see, I've got a capo, so what can we do? Oh, wait, Star do I have a struck? capo? I think I do have a capo. It's like Starstruck. You want to do start? Cool. Okay. I'll like, take another one. That. Sure, let's do it. I know. Uh, I know I love exposure. We love, dude. I got only paid in exposures for years. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, thank you, thank, thank you so much for having us, guys. We're big goofs, but we're super grateful to be here. Yeah. We we love the goof. We love. The goof. And thanks for doing it so late. All right, this one may or may not be about aliens. It's up to you. Oh yeah. This, I had to say it like that. This is the one when we play. This one's called Starstruck. This is when we play a show. We get everyone to take out their phones, not lighters. That's dangerous. Just do that. Uh, Did I mention aliens? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Wait, are we good to go? Wait, great, great, great. All right, one, two. Take me if 
Jordan and Taylor from Moon City Masters. It has been such a pleasure to have you guys in Asbury. Thank you so much. Uh, Keep us posted when you're famous and can you get a gig here in Asbury so I don't have to travel to Brooklyn to see you play? Uh, We'll do, we'll do. Do. If you you know if you trust us, we're already famous. We named an album after her. How, how could we not so trust you? We're already you. famous. Like we may be the least famous of famous bands, but we're like Asbury <laughs> in the words of Grand Funk. Tell everybody you know you got some rock and roll soul. Tell everybody you know you got some rock and roll soul. No, no. I don't think they have to wake up early tomorrow, is my thought. <laughs> anyway, hey, we have to thank Dan from The Break Plans, who's been helping with our live sound. We forgot to uh, send him our acknowledgement. And for Diane DeMimo and uh, the Moon City Masters, thanks for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's always nice when you get to hear a band you never heard before, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I feel like I've known this music my whole life, so... Good stuff all around, guys. Thanks for coming out. (laughs) Take care, everybody.